Bergeron with one last face-off win. Krejci with a shot. Binnington made the save. Rebound is gathered in by Alex Steen. He clears the puck. It's picked up off the ice by David Perron, who has a controversial game-winning goal. But the St. Louis Blues go home for a game Sunday, and they can win the Stanley Cup. 1-1 is Jack. Deep left center field. There it goes! And the Blue Jays take the lead! Vladimir Guerrero Jr. announces his presence to the Bronx Bombers. And the Blue Jays lead it 9-7. And Evan Longoria will be the batter. Swinging a bouncing ball to short. Rosario in to get it. Throws to first. Put it in the box. Jason Vargas has the Mets' second complete game of this year and his first in a little over two years. You're listening to the Tri-State Sports Beat on Anchor FM. The Jets are sick. And welcome to the Tri-State Sports Beat on Anchor FM. You say this every year. Yeah, and like I just said, if I keep saying it, it's bound to be right at some point. All right. Eventually. All right. Joe, so, Nick, and Scott here. We just had some very good breaking news regarding the gangrene, the Jets. Let's let's digest this. Jets just hired Joe Douglas to a six-year contract. S- it was six years? Six years. Six years. This is breaking news. Wow. <laughs> Making some real dough. Why did they have to do it while I was uh, driving? Driving? Uh, I don't know. But Jets hired Joe Douglas. Wow. Um, Finally, they did something correct. And Christopher Johnson, maybe he felt the pressure of the fans and had to do... And the pressure that the you know the Texans just fired their GM, too. Yeah. So, so let's, go around the, let's go around the round table here. Joe, what do you think about this? I love it. I think I mean he's got experience in the playoffs. Obviously, he's right. got experience with a young quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, the team that the Eagles right. were always like a relatively relevant team, at least. They just won the freaking Super Bowl. Two exactly. Years ago. So, yeah. I think it's a great pickup, mm-hmm. Scott. Yeah, I'm uh, happy with it. Mm-hmm. He was the best guy that they interviewed. He was the guy that. The name popped up as soon as McCagnan was fired, mm-hmm. and they got their guy. And um, when you texted me before that the Texans fired their GM, I literally texted you Bad saying, news. "All right, here we go. Guaranteed, Bad they're going to lose out on Joe Douglas." Yeah. But um, um, yeah, I I think this is a great hire. You see how the Eagles have like progressed and developed their players, and he was the. Uh, director of player personnel. So obviously he knows how to run a successful organization, a Super Bowl winning organization. So, you know, this can only be good for the Jets. And, you know, uh, one bigger thing is that him and Adam Gase have a prior relationship when they both worked in Chicago. So that can only benefit both sides. I love this move just because he was the favorite the whole time. The Jets got the guy that they wanted. And he's a football guy. He's not an executive. He's not a cap salary cap guy. Mm-hmm. We've seen it in years past when they hired John Edzik and before that, Mike Tannenbaum. Yeah, but Tannenbaum was actually Tannenbaum a was good, good GM. Though. I'll give him that. But they, the Johnsons, Woody Johnson screwed that relationship with yeah. Rex and Tannenbaum. Need to but go back and yeah. But they finally have a new GM in place. This is what we've been waiting for for the past 
couple, probably over, probably a little over a month, I think, right? Um, yeah, like three weeks, yeah, something like that. So that's not the only big news in Jetland. They are resigning running back Bilal Powell. Complete shock to me. Yeah, I don't, I don't really get this move. I understand, like I he's a, yeah, yeah, but then you have like Elijah McGuire and Trenton Cannon. Right. Trent like Cannon, I'm, I, I think Trenton like played Cannon. more as like a special teams yeah. player guy. You know what I mean? right. Yeah, but I, I, I think Elijah McGuire could be a really good, um, a really good piece in this uh, offense for the future, and you're just kind of like burying him more, bringing back Bilal Powell. Like I obviously really like Bilal Powell; he's been a lifetime Jet. I just I thought that they were just going to kind of move on from him afterwards. And I don't know, an injury-prone 30-year-old running back, you know, maybe he will thrive as being a backup, but I, mean, I, I don't know. I, th- I think he'd be a good fit for Gase's offense because he can do he's, – he's kind of, he kind of does the same thing that Bell does. He can catch out of the backfield yeah. and, you know, split him out as a receiver. So I think but then, like, fine. Elijah McGuire is that kind of player too. Like, yeah, he's so. a – But it's, it's always good to have more options. Yeah, I mean, if Gase wanted him, then – fine. I mean, he is the GM, so he did sign him. So that says something about Powell because he's never played for Gase. He only Uh, played against Gase. He played for Rex Ryan and played for Todd Bowles. So that really says something. If you know, we're talking about Blau Powell. Yeah, he did not need to bring him back. He must have seen something that he liked from him in previous. Good locker room guy. Yeah. Um, What did we like from minicamp? From whatever we heard. Um, offense struggled. Yeah, it's. That's the biggest thing that I saw was that the offense struggled, but I'm assuming the defense was pretty good considering, you know, if the offense struggled, the defense had to be doing something right. Yeah. Right. Um, I saw a couple big plays from Jamal. He had a 100-yard interception return for uh, off Darnold. I did see that Anunwa had a pretty tough uh, mini camp. He dropped, I think, three or four balls on the day two. So but this Le'Veon is, yeah. also had a slow first day. He dropped the only target towards Well, they're taking him, so. it easy with him. They're, yeah, they're kind of. He's been he's been like a backseat guy right now. I mean, he's he's getting reps. Yeah, but he's getting. But they're taking they're, it easy with him. They're yeah. You know, they're. I saw introducing him when slowly. he was. It was I think it was the first mini camp. First. Um, time. he was more behind the uh, the backup running backs, yeah. behind the backup quarterbacks. Just well, again, because because those guys were at OTAs. Yeah, so he has yeah. he does have some catching up to do, and um, yeah, about the offense, I was. I mean, it's only mini camp. We still have more OTAs and training camp to go, but it's a new offense. You know, you got to think about this. Sam Darnold's a second-year quarterback, already learning his third system. If you want to count the one from USC, and he had a bunch of offensive coordinators at USC too. So, now, but I think if it's any quarterback that can do it, it's this guy. Now, what do you think about them taking that last day of mini camp off? It's fine. I, I think like people. It. I think people, Over. especially the local. Media people, they blow this out of proportion. Yeah, like, they took the day off, right? Big deal. Like yeah. they've been practicing for two weeks prior to mini camp. Yeah, they I had mean, a, they had a team bonding experience. Well, now, um, golf, but now like, you look hello. on the other end of it. Yeah, they they practiced for two weeks prior, but Le'Veon Bell wasn't there. It's yeah, fine. but like it's fine. It's most they had pretty good attendance. I mean, you know, Tremaine Johnson wasn't there, Le'Veon. Um, but you know, other than that, most players were there, and um, I think. Adam Gase is like that guy that's going to be on top of Le'Veon, even if he isn't at OTAs or at the uh, facility. I think he's going to keep up on him and, you know, make sure that he is, you know, doing his job and, um, you know, making sure he's staying in shape, doing football activities, Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. 
Same yeah. with Tremaine Johnson with Greg Williams. Greg Williams isn't going to take his crap of sitting around while the yeah, team is no. working hard at OTAs. So, what did what did we what did we actually like about the mini camp? And well, what didn't we like? Um, I guess the offense struggling. Mm-hmm. We wanted to see some uh, some more Darnold after mm-hmm. everyone was praising him for the OTAs he just had. Um, I think cornerback's going to be a real issue. Yeah, even Gase said it, and I think it was the day two press conference. Yeah. He said that they're really thin at cornerback, and if they have one or two injuries, they're going to be in big trouble. So, you know, uh, Joe Douglas, I think that he's going to really have to work that waiver wire once the you know the rosters are getting cut from 100 to 80 down to the 52-man roster. Uh, he's going to have to, you know, target cornerbacks mm-hmm. and get some more in here. Yeah. So now we have now the Jets have guys in place. They have their new GM. They have their head coach, who's not being the GM, which is probably the best thing for this organization yeah. right now. How are we feeling through minicamp as we head to training camp? How do we feel about Adam Gase? Do we feel better about him than the high than before? Do we not? Yeah, I, his press conferences are impressing me. He's not taking any crap from any of the media. Uh, it's a really nice change considering Todd Bowles like. You know, didn't say anything, mm-hmm. you know, worthwhile in press conferences. Uh, I'm starting to really like, I'm starting to like Geese a little bit more. Obviously, I have to see the product on the field to, you know, give him my full uh, stamp of approval. Mm-hmm. But so far, so good. I think that it's really good that he's just coaching the offense. Greg Williams is just coaching the defense and, uh, you know, make it really simple for these guys. And hopefully we have a successful a successful team going forward. I see a little bit of a different coach than he was in Miami. Yeah, I, 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 I think like he has something way, to prove. Yeah, yeah, I got. I like the way like everything's being handled, especially like the media and uh, the whole Le'Veon Bell. Because that's I why think he handled that very well. That's why the whole day off thing shocked everybody. Because Gase never had a real great relationship with his players, as you know we saw when he was in Miami, cutting players left and right, and yeah. just because they didn't have a great relationship. But I mean, it seems that he's got a pretty tight knit relationship with these guys right now yeah and uh even the day two when it was sam's birthday like he was joking around with sam and Le'Veon, mm-hmm. um like talking about sam's birthday and that kind of stuff so i i think he's you know happy here he has something to prove and you know from previous head coaches uh like what they say you have to learn from your mistakes i think he is learning from his mistakes in mm-hmm. miami yeah. and that's hopefully only going to make him a better head coach in this league hopefully he's here for longer than the three four years that every other well, think about this Average now. Coaches. They just gave Joe Douglas a six-year contract. Him and Gase are now hitched at the, you know, he's a six-year contract too. No, they don't. But I'm I think saying, Gase is like a three-year. I'm saying year. this is Gase's GM though. Like, he oh has yeah, put on this. Yeah. These two guys are tied to the hip now. Yeah. yeah. So I don't think the Jets can pull this again if it's time. Well, if the time comes, if they don't like what they're getting from Gase or Joe Douglas, they both need to go. They cannot make this mistake again. Hopefully that doesn't happen. We don't Mm -hmm. want that to happen. Otherwise, this will just mean we're going to have this talk three years from now. Yeah. But um, I like the high. Pretty consensus. We all like the hire. It was the the favorite. I don't think we really wanted anybody else because we wouldn't have known anything, really. And it's basically just because he's a football guy. Yeah, and definitely the previous relationship between the two. Mm -hmm. Well... A little bit of breaking news here on the Tri-State Sports Bee. I guess we'll just go right into what we normally start with. We'll just okay. we'll just go with some baseball. Let's start with the Mets. Scott, you were the at Mets. you were at some kind of historic yeah game. Unbelievable. You were at game two. 
Jason Vargas throws a complete game shutout. That was unbelievable. What? In, in the ninth inning, what? he was throwing 81 mile per hour fastballs. And <laughs> they still couldn't hit him. I think huh. the I think the big thing was Mickey Callaway kind of wanted to prove a point. Oh, that's what we were all saying too. A while. He really wanted to prove a point because he blew it with Cindergard in game one. Yeah. Took him out way too early. You know, I'm not gonna lie, I really wanted him to take him out with it after eating two thirds. Mm. I wanted to see the standing ovation, you know, right, get the get the right, fans hyped right. up. But uh when they sent him out to bat in the bottom of the eighth, mm. like the fans were going nuts. Yeah. Um, so game one. Against the Giants, the Mets lost six uh, nine to three in ten innings. Syndergaard versus uh, Bumgarner, we got a pretty good, pretty yeah. decent pitching matchup until Mickey Callaway screwed things up for everybody. Syndergaard pitched six and two thirds. He had allowed five hits, three runs, and four strikeouts. Uh, Lugo and Lugo and Diaz both threw scoreless innings, and then because they had to go into extras, Robert Casellman and Hector Santiago. Blow things up. We know how historic, almost historically how bad this Mets bullpen is. It is just awful. I don't even know what to say anymore about it. But uh, it started out, San Francisco was up 2 nothing. Pete Alonso hits a homer in the sixth, his 20th of the year. This guy's on a tear. Yeah. I love this guy. Um, at that point, the Mets trailed 2-1, to one, and then Wilson Ramos hits a two-run homer, his seventh of the year off Bumgarner in the sixth. So the Mets took a 3-2 to two lead there. And then... San Francisco kept fighting back. San Francisco kept fighting back. Brandon Bell hits an RBI double off of Lugo in the seventh to tie it at three. And then from there, the San Francisco Giants just obliterated the Mets. Um, scoring scoring six runs in the, in the last couple innings. So, Joe, since Scott just ditched us and went to the bathroom... <laughs> What do you have to say about the Mets outing on, on for game one? Bullpen blows just, it. We know yeah, that. I think it's it speaks to the fans. Like it, it's what they've been seeing the whole time. Yeah. You know what I mean? And now with the with the season inching towards it towards like the middle of the season, towards yeah, the end almost, of the season. I think we're one, two, three. We're like four weeks away from the all-star break. Yeah. So almost halfway through. Where do you see them in the late rounds of the the season? Um. Well, that all. If the bullpen can pull it together, they still have a chance. I mean, they're two games under five hundred at this point. They're thirty and thirty-two. They're not out of it, even though like last week I basically just called them dead. But if they keep playing the way they are, then, then they're pretty yeah, much absolutely. dead. So it's kind of difficult for them because we don't know if they're going to be buyers or sellers at the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. So and, and they they lost out on um, Dallas Keuchel, no? Both, yeah, well, Yankees both, and Mets lost yeah. out on Keuchel, yeah. But both Keuchel and um, and Craig Kimbrell, yeah. I mean, that's that'll be another thing when we talk about the Yankees. But um, the Mets just need bullpen. They need bullpen. Well, they need help. depth. It's obvious. Yeah, they need depth. That's yeah. That's exactly what I'm saying. But so if they could have gotten either Kimbrel or Keuchel, they mm-hmm. could have pushed one of the guys that aren't performing right now. Right. Could have made it a little, com- little more competitive. Right. But well, the thing about Game One was, I mean, the Mets. Th- this game was tied at three in the seventh inning, and then everything happens in the tenth. Everything happens in extra innings because Selman gives up two run, three runs. Hector Santiago doesn't do the job. Gives up three run. It gives up three runs. So they gave up six runs in the tenth inning, like. 
if you're giving up that many runs in one inning, like I know the bullpen was bad before, but come on. It's, it it's, just seems it's like pretty, it, it's not getting it's getting worse. You think at first you think you hit rock bottom and then it's like well, they're, they're pretty much there. But the thing is, Mickey Callaway takes out Syndergaard. He only pitches six and two thirds when the pitch count was fine. He was still throwing the ball hard. Like at this point, you know, your bullpen is garbage. Like if you're a Mets fan and you don't think this bullpen is garbage, there's something wrong with you. There's there has to be something wrong with you. But I feel that which is pretty unanimous if you ask any Met fan or any person that knows baseball. Syndergaard was pulled too early. That's just what it is. That's just what it is. Welcome back, Scott. Thanks. <laughs> so let's talk about game two. Scott, you were there, so you're you're the the expert in this one. Jason Vargas, a nine-inning shutout. Unreal. Five hits, only giving up five hits, six strikeouts. Talk about that crowd. Yeah, it was actually a pretty decent crowd. I think they had a lot of groups there, like – um, the seven line was there. No, they no, were not, but the uh, center field section was f- like full with a group. So, mm. you know, I've been to a couple Mets games and it was one of the best crowds I've seen there. Mm. Um, I think people, you know, are starting to buy into Jason Vargas the last, last nine starts. I think he's a one eight three ERA. Yeah. Um, so, you know, good for him. And, you know, who would have thought now that he's a starting pitcher? The Mets would have been relying on we bag on him so much. Yeah, and he just basically, I told you guys, he must listen because he was yeah. pretty motivated. The other um, it's happened a few times. Now. He's been their best pitcher the past, his past couple outings. I'm I'm not even just saying with Vargas. <coughs> I'm saying with like, there's been other circumstances where you've said the same thing. Yeah, but listen, can't always be right. Yeah, but um, like Gase, maybe he would. All right, was listening to all us. right, I know. Uh, they didn't play a game yet. Let's relax, please. No, I'm saying with the Joe Douglas thing. What about him? Hiring him. We were so high on him. Yeah. About Joe and Douglas. They, and now he's here. Exactly. He what does that listen to What us. does that have to do with the Mets? You must be. I, I'm just saying there was circumstances. Well, okay. Whatever you say. But uh, <laughs> Robinson Cano leaves the game yeah. with a tight quad again. Um, he, he obviously was not ready to go. No. And it was crazy because. That was the first inning, um, and they had bases loaded. Mm-hmm. Um, they already scored one run. Um, or no, that was it was the third inning. I believe he came up. Yeah, the Cano ground out was the first. Was the first yeah, so he game. grounded out for an RBI. But then they had bases loaded. Vargas got a hit um, in the third inning, and then McNeil got a hit. Um, then Conforto, I believe, got on base, and uh, then Robinson Cano grounds into a. Double play that would have scored a run if he beat it out. Yeah, but uh, he did not run out the play, and they did not score a run. And Mets fans were letting him hear it. Oh yeah, I heard that too. Yeah, but he was just not. He wasn't ready to go. He rushed him. He rushed himself back. He just. He was just not ready. Yeah, to go. I think he's trying to prove something that he's you know better than what he is. But and he thinks that he's he can forcing help it games. now. Yeah, he is absolutely. But. Other than that, Conforto hits a solo homer in the fourth, make it two nothing. Rosario hits a three run homer in the seventh, and then the sack fly by Conforto, and then a home run by a Denny Hentraveria. Say that for me, Joe. A Denny Hentraveria. Very good. So a pretty good win for the Mets there behind Jason Vargas. Thank God they didn't need to use their bullpen because if they did, they probably would have blown the game. Let's yeah, they had uh, Drew Gagne up for. Uh, they were they had him up and down in the eighth and ninth inning just yeah. in case Vargas got into any kind of trouble. 
he did finish off the game with about 116 pitches. So, That's fine. and you could see he had nothing left. Like I said, he was throwing 81 mile per hour fastballs at the end of the game. Right. But then, like his curveball was, he had a lot of movement on that pitch. Because Mickey Callaway needs to realize you can pitch your starting pitcher beyond the fifth and sixth inning. Yeah. Like you know, 100 pitches isn't you know, dead isn't the end of the world if a pitcher goes above it. Right. So that was game two. Game three, they won seven to three. So they take two of three from San Francisco. They should beat this team. Yeah. They, I mean, they should have swept them. Let's be real. But Mickey Callaway decided to not feel like a decent manager at that time. But um, we talked about that. Holy Jason Vargas is, you know, made me eat my words yet again. Um, bullpen is still crap. Uh, I still think Brody needs to do something at this trade deadline. He's got to do something. They missed out on Craig Kimbrell. I don't think he was really realistic for them anyway because the Mets don't like to spend money. That's just what it is. Um, and we talked about Robbie Cano. So coming up next for the Mets, three games against the Rockies. They're playing right now. Which Jacob DeGrom is on the hill. Game two is Steven Matz, and game three will be Syndergaard. And then we have the Subway Series. Yeah. Uh, I think the the Yankees should see Wheeler and Vargas. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And I, it should be Vargas first. Yeah, Vargas Wheeler. Wheeler. Right? Yeah. So the Mets are just kind of hanging around right now. I kind of said they were dead last, last week. But, again, if the bullpen can not suck as bad as they have, which I don't have confidence in that they will, yeah, if you can get the Mets starters out uh, and let them actually pitch long innings, like let them just let admit if you're Mickey Callaway, why not just let them go? What do you have to lose? Yeah, but uh, like if you can get the Mets starting pitchers out of games early, like mm-hmm. in the fifth or sixth inning and you're down maybe two, three runs like you're most definitely still in the game. Yeah. All right, so that's it for the Mets. I guess we'll take our first break, and then we will come back talking about the Yankees. We're in Cleveland right now, but a tough road trip in Toronto. They lost two of three there. NBA Finals, Stanley Cup Finals, and then just a big some... Nets trade. Oh, yeah, that too. Got to talk about that too. And then just some random stuff that happened during the week. And we will be talking about uh, the best sporting events that we've ever attended at the that's end. True. So, Last-minute idea. Good, good yeah, on why you, not? Sean. Good on you. What the heck? All right, we'll be right back. You're listening to Tri-State Sports Band Anchor FM. We'll be right back. All right, and welcome back to the Tri-State Sports Beat. Uh, we're going to run through the Yankees now quickly. Um, they lose two to th- two out of three to the Blue Jays. Um, game one, Tanaka takes the um, – actually, yeah, did take the loss. Um, six innings, six hits, four runs, two strikeouts. Uh, only had one bad inning, which was the fifth inning. Uh, other than that, he pitched pretty well. He started off the game really strong. Um, Jonathan Holder and Chad Green threw scoreless innings in this game, um, and then it was a really good way for Clint Frazier to bounce back after the Boston series. Uh, comes back in this series. First at bat, hits a two-run home run um, off Clayton Richard to give the Yanks a 2-0 lead early, and then Randall Grichuk, uh, only his first of a couple home runs in this series, Um Hits a solo home run in the fifth to start the scoring uh, streak for the Blue Jays in that fifth inning. Uh, Freddie Galvis hits a two-run home run, and then new Yankee killer Vlad Jr. uh, hits an RBI single off Tanaka to uh, end out the scoring in the fifth inning for the Blue Jays. Like I said, was really the only blemish on a otherwise decent outing for Tanaka, but did take the loss. And then Hicks did add a solo home run, uh, his second of the season, uh, off Biagini. Uh, the Blue Jays reliever in the eighth inning to round out the scoring 4-3. 
So um, not a not a terrible uh, game for the Yanks. Obviously, they take the loss, but you know uh, it was just a really good uh, pitching performance from Clayton Richard. And um, it was very odd though that he uh, they were talking about this on the WFAN broadcast how the Blue Jays are like really into the analytics part of it. Yeah. And uh, I believe um, I forget who the hitter was, but one of the first hitters in the fourth inning got on base and it was the third or the fifth inning. It was either the fourth or the fifth and the first hitter got on base and they pulled uh, Clayton Richard right out, right out just because it was the third time around the order. And, you know, maybe that would have been some momentum for the Yankees to keep him in there, but credit to the blue Jays, I guess, and their analytics for, even though I'm not a big analytics guy. Only anybody is. Um, but uh, yeah, the blue Jays um, pull the starter early it uh, actually comes to benefit them, and they take the W there. Um, game two, Paxton and uh, kind of struggled on the bullpen, really imploded in this game, even though the Yankees put up seven runs. They lose 11-7. Paxton, four and two-thirds, four hits, four runs, four strikeouts. Uh, his second start back from the IL. Um, another short outing, um, but... Uh, Ottavino and Keenly actually throw scoreless innings out of that bullpen, but then Holder gives up two unearned runs, uh, but in two and a third gives up one hit and those two unearned. And then Britton and Sessa are really the reason why the Yankees lost the game. Britton, one inning pitch, two hits, three runs. Sessa, two thirds of an inning pitch, two hits, two runs. Uh, Randall Gritchick again leads off the game um, with a two-run home run, opens the scoring for the Blue Jays, and then Biggio hits an RBI single to... Uh, give the Blue Jays a 3-0 lead in the second inning. So the Yankees have to come back from behind early, and that's exactly what they did. Um, Gary gives them two RBIs, uh, one through a solo home run, one through an RBI single, and then Cameron Mabin and DJ LeMahieu both give RBI singles uh, for the Yankees to take a 4-3 lead in that sequence. And then uh, Vlad Jr.'s RBI single off Paxson in the fifth to tie the game 4-4. Um, and then DJ LeMahieu, right when the Yankees thought maybe they were going to salvage this game, um, he gives them a 7-4 lead in the sixth inning with a three-run home run, his seventh of the year. But here comes the scoring train for the Blue Jays, and um, Holder gives up that um, two-RBI double um, to give the Blue Jays, or to cut the Yankee lead to 7-6. And then Britton gives up that three-run home run to Vlad Guerrero Jr., yeah, and that might be his first of many moments, hopefully not many, but yeah. uh, his first moment of killing the Yankees um, and giving the Blue Jays a, a clutch hit against them gives the Blue Jays a 9-7 lead, and then Randall Grichuk and Yankee former Yankee Brandon Drury uh, hit solo home runs, respectively, to give the Blue Jays a 10-7 and 11-7 lead. They go back-to-back, and that was it. Very good. And then Game 3, Yankees were out to a 6-0 lead. And would not would not look back in the fourth. Um, basically, just led by DJ LeMahieu yet again, an RBI double off of Jackson in the second. Your shell uh, Hicks hits a three-run homer in the third, so it's nice to see him getting back into midseason form. We love to see when Aaron Hicks does his thing. Your shell the sticks. Yeah, your shell hits a solo homer in the fourth, and then LeMahieu adds yet again with an RBI single off of Jackson to score Cameron Maven. And then the only runs for the Blue Jays, uh, Eric Sogard hits a solo homer off of Happ in the sixth. And then Hernandez hit into a double play, which scored Justin Smoke. So this series overall, Yankees lose two of three. 
their nine their nine straight series win streak comes to an end. I mean, yeah. they had to lose a series one way or another, so we're not going to sit here and be all pissed about it because they lost two out of three of the Blues. Yeah, I mean, you would obviously rather lose a series, you know, a better team than the Blue Jays, you right. know. Gonna, uh, you want to drop these divisions. Yeah. Series. It's especially gonna be especially in Toronto. Um, but you want to beat up on the bottom of the AL East, like obviously what they've been doing to the Orioles. You want to see them do the same thing to the Blue Jays and other struggling Blue Jays AL are a East more team. Talented. They have yeah. smoke. They have mm-hmm. they have a, they have a have much better lineup, obviously. Yeah. Um, they're much more talented than the Orioles are. Mm-hmm. But still, like um, everyone's talking about how the Yankees are adopting the method of the Red Sox uh, of last year, beating up on the terrible Red Sox teams. Fans say that it's basically like stolen. That's the feel like it's stolen goods yeah or they're complaining that the yankees are only beating bad teams and everything like that so uh that's exactly what the red sox did last year exactly so okay it always it always came down to the yankees versus the red sox last year it always came down that yankees could not beat them last year this year it's kind of a different story through however many through i think they've only seven games six games and they played twice they still have the makeup game august 3rd Mm -hmm. but the next time they see each other will be in london so that should be an interesting experience for everyone involved Yankee fans how do you how do you feel about that i mean taking taking away a home series for the from the red sox i mean i'm happy with it if you two less games in boston but london like why i don't know i I mean obviously i'd rather you know them not have have to travel to london um but obviously they get two days off before that um before that series just to travel there and get a act like acquainted to the mm-hmm. time and everything like that. Yeah. But still like to play two games in London, it's kind of like what the NFL wants to do. They want to expand the game, but um, I don't know. I mean, as a Yankee fan, if I was a Boston fan, I'd be more upset because you're taking you're two games out games. of your home park. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't really, any less games we have to play in Fenway is better. Even though, I mean, Yankees don't do bad in Fenway. They just, I mean, I feel like you have a, you definitely have a better chance to win in a neutral site, if you want to put it that way, than in Fenway Park. Yeah. Um, so we said Tanaka and Paxson, they've, they kind of struggled. They will, I don't say they struggled. I said they had tough outings. Let's just say that. Yeah. It was one bad inning for Tanaka. And I think Paxson, you know, he had a really good outing against the Red Sox when he came back. But, you know, I think he's still starting to get back into the loop of starting and maybe that knee, like, is progressively healing a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know if he strings a couple of these together, like Herman's kind of doing right now, yeah. then maybe it's something to worry about, especially that the Yankees didn't get Keuchel. Um, yeah. But um, we'll also talk about DJ LeMahieu. Of course, he's hitting over 320, um, seven home runs on the year. I think he's got 30 plus RBIs. He's killing it right now. He's, Yankees yeah. best player. Almost a 500 point. average with yeah. runners in scoring position. Which is outrageous to think. And, you know, to think that we had no idea who this guy was when he signed here. So that's good for the Yankees. They're killing it with DJ LeMahieu right now. DD's back for this game against the Cleveland Indians. The Yankees are down right now, I think. 5 so, 2. Yeah. So they're in Cleveland right now taking on the, the Indians. Indians for a three game set. So DD is back. It's great. Scott's favorite. Love me some Didi. Uh, who doesn't love? Didi? Yes, indeedy. Um, and he actually he had, he hit for he got a hit the first pitch he saw. Yeah, it was thrown out at second trying to stretch it into a double, but it's fine. It's all good. It's all good in the hood, Didi. But um, yeah. What do we think about this Clint Frazier stuff? I I personally think everyone's overreacting. 
Obviously, I think he should you, talk. I I, to be honest with you, I don't know the full story. Apparently, this is not the first time that things like this have happened. Yeah, with him, right? Yeah, with Clint Frazier. Yeah. And uh, like the Yankees said, it was his decision, or even Clint said it was his decision not to talk. The Yankees wanted him to talk. Yeah. Even though Clint did talk to one journalist that night, right. he didn't have a full media availability, but he did talk to one journalist. And... I don't know if this is a reoccurring thing, like they've said, maybe there's a little bit more there, but you know, he's still a young kid mm-hmm. and, um, he wants to, you know, or he needs some time to really like develop into the Yankee way. If you mm-hmm. want to put it that way, I, he's his not attitude, your typical Yankee. Different. He's not your typical, you know, Yankee. He's, he, he has some flash to him and he has like a, a little bit of an edge mm-hmm. and, the Yankees don't like that. Yeah, I I think they need to start like, you know, progressing and, you know, not be that traditional franchise that um I don't know. They they need to, you know, get with the times, I think, a little bit. Right. The whole beard thing is stupid. See, I don't I don't really think that's stupid. It's, I think that's part of the culture of the Yankees. Yeah, I guess. But Speaking of the know, beard, though. You know, let having some different personalities yeah. in a locker room, I really don't think is that big of a deal. And Yes, he had a tough game. He should have spoke to the entire media, and you know he came he came uh, out the next day uh, or Tuesday when they played the Blue Jays and talked about it. Mm-hmm. He was kind of defensive about it, um, but you know he's still a young kid. Yeah, and I just think that some people are overreacting to saying that he oh he's going to get traded because of this. I think he might. I think I, he I was always a candidate yeah, to be traded. I don't think that, I don't think that's the main reason why I think he's going to end up being a package deal for a starting pitcher. Yeah. I, I can completely see that because the Yankees outfield is like, so uh, swamped with very good talent, especially with Florial also down in the uh, minor leagues. Here's the thing though. The Yankees are trading for a pitcher. Let's say they want to trade for Stroman. I don't want to see. Yeah, Clint. I don't want to see Clint in Toronto beating up on us with that bad speed. But I don't think the Yankees are dumb enough. I don't think the Yankees are dumb that they would do that. But that's really it for the Yankees. Of course, they got the Indians. They got the two game series against the Mets, the Subway Series, and then they take on the White Sox for four games in Chicago. Let's talk about this Keuchel thing for a second. Yeah. Uh, didn't sign with the Yankees. Apparently, the Yankees offered $11.5 million for this year. The Braves offered 13 So oh, he's a higher number. Naturally. He took with the better deal. Um, do you think this really hurts the Yankees? Yes and no. Yes, because they could have signed a quality starting pitcher and only have to give up money. Now yeah. they have to trade. That's why, something. yeah. Now they have to trade. I mean, obviously, we don't know what Keuchel's going to look like. Um, everyone's saying that he's going to, uh, well, he's going to pitch a triple-A game um, today, actually. Yeah, I don't think if you're the Braves, you can throw him into the rotation right away. No, as, I, much as, it temp- as much as it's tempted to, I don't think you can. I believe he was pitching today, so, um, but... And they've said that he's been throwing simulated games and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So who knows how ready he is. Uh, I don't know. I, it, would, it was very good for him to sign and not have to give up prospects and, you know, players. Right. Just give up money. But And then uh, Craig Kimbrell signs with the, with the Cubs. Yeah. It's not really a big deal to us, but that's just a thing. Uh, Yankees did officially lose 5-2, to two, so here we go again. But I don't know. The Keiko thing, it, it's fine, but 
it's not because they're going to have to trade for a pitcher now. Or just leave yeah. things how they are. I mean, so Keuchel's going to pitch this weekend. Okay. It's not tonight, but... I, I don't think you really should rush that, but... I, yeah. I, mean, well, I mean, but you're paying the guy $13 million. I mean, you might as well. Well, he's going to... It's kind of like a rehab start. Yeah, that's true. All I right. think the Yankees definitely could have used him, though, especially since, you know, Severino... Um, is out till after the all-star break. Mm-hmm. Um, Herman looks like he's struggling right now. Paxson just came off the IL. Don't really know what he's going to be. Tanaka is up and down. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Hap is also up and down. He's so there's playing, th- he's had, like I said, he's been having he out of his last four starts. He's had three pretty good. And starts. then relying on CC, you don't know if you can do that with no, a, yeah, an aging. Uh, CC Sabathia, career, who, yeah, yeah who just came off the IL with another knee, uh, knee injury, mm-hmm. um, or just like a flare up of his knee. So, I uh, I don't know. It's very fishy in the Yankees starting pitching department. At least they have a good bullpen that they could usually rely on. They're gonna have to figure it out though, because most definitely, whether it's Bumgarner, Scherzer, I don't know. Yeah, we'll see what happens when the trade deadline comes around. Joe, you still here, pal? No, I'm still here. How you doing? All right, we're going to take a break. We come back. NBA Finals, some big Nets news going on surrounding a certain former Boston Celtic. And Joe's going to talk it up about the Stanley Cup Finals. We'll be right back. You're listening to Tri-State Sports Beat on Anchor FM. And welcome back to the Tri-State Sports Beat here on Anchor FM. Wonderful night. We have a big trade to talk about here. Yeah. All you Knicks fans, uh, you feeling, feeling a little nervous now? I'm a Knicks fan. I'm always nervous. Uh, the Nets trade Alan Crabb. Yeah, they need to do that. Thank Christ. Thank Crabb. The number seventeen, <laughs> the number seventeen overall pick this year, and they protected a lottery protected 2021 first or 2020 first round pick. All right. To the Hawks for Torian Prince, who I actually think can help the Nets this year. First, call me crazy, but he has averaged 14 points per game in a, in his career. And he's still on a rookie contract of $5 million. All but right. the Nets also get a 2021 second-round pick. Did they give up too much? Um, No. A little bit. No, so they did a little bit. They didn't need to give up that. No. Yeah. Did you see what he did? What did I do? A 2021 seconderd. <laughs> what did I do? Oh, is that supposed to be second Why round? Why do I always write something wrong? <laughs> <laughs> Wait. Hold on. Second has an... ND at the end. Oh, damn autocorrect. Autocorrect. But if Sean Marks is confident in his abilities to recruit a star or two stars now to the Nets this season, he did not give up too much. Okay. But if they don't, they give up too much. Yes, I (laughs) I would think so. Um, But I think Sean Marks would have only done this if he's very confident in, you know, the Nets drawing a lot of talent this year. Mm-hmm. And if everyone's saying how Kyrie, it's pretty much as good as done, that he's going to come to Brooklyn. I'm not believing anything until he signs pen to paper. Um, yes, he did just buy a house in South Orange if you want to, you know. Do with that what you will. If you want to buy into that. Um, he is a Jersey guy. He grew up a Nets fan. Uh, he went to high school in Jersey before going to Duke. It, the cards are right for him to go to the Nets, mm-hmm. and there's mutual interest as reported by oh, yeah. Woj and Shams and uh, a bunch of Nets beat reporters. 
Um, I I think that you know Kyrie is is likely to sign with the Nets, but I'm not going to say it's guaranteed. Obviously, not like the Knicks so fans saying it was now locked. Now they that... have room for a second contract. Yeah, who mm-hmm. do you want? I've heard Jimmy Butler. No. <clears throat> wow. Uh, <laughs> no. No, I don't want Jimmy Butler. If we're not going to get, if the Nets are not going to get Kyrie and KD, the next best option I think is Kyrie and Tobias Harris. I'm not just saying this because I'm a Nick fan, but I don't think KD wants to go to Brooklyn. Nothing against the Nets, but okay, I don't think he wants to go. To if then you really think, think about the, the I'm no. not just saying this because I'm a Nets fan. No. Are we going to get into if, a discussion here? Why would KD want to go to the Knicks if he's not bringing another star with him? I don't know. That's exactly. What I'm saying. So, I don't think that if the if Kyrie signs with the Nets, he has a better chance of going to the Nets than he does with the Knicks, unless he can recruit like Kemba to go play with him at the with the Knicks, which I also think is a pretty good partnership for what the what the Knicks, you know, could have. But, you know, is KD going to be more inclined to sign in the same city as, uh, and I don't want to hear about Madison Square Garden and all that stuff. Like, obviously, people. All right. The Knicks, the Knicks, hold on, hold on, hold on. The Knicks are talking more about the Nets than they are about their own team right now. Everyone wants to say, oh, the Nets are the Knicks' little brothers or whatever. Well, you know, the Knicks are talking more about the Nets than the Knicks fans are talking about the Knicks right now. Mm. So, you know, obviously. Uh, the Nets are pretty important to them if that's all they want to talk about right now. But you do kind of have to admit, I'm, I don't want to talk about the atmosphere. I'm not gonna. I'm not pulling that. But it's a different feel if you play when you're playing in New York, whether in Brooklyn or for the Knicks. It's a different feel. You have to. You oh, have to say that. I mean, after the All Star break, the Nets sold out every single home game or almost every single home right. game. The buzz for the playoffs was unbelievable in the city. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of uh like a lot of hype for the Nets right now. The only reason why the Nets didn't have a lot of hype before was, you know, because they sucked. Right. And, you know, all Knicks fans want to talk about oh, like all the all the fans didn't want to stick through the bad years or whatever like that. Hello, how you doing? Well, you know what? When's the last time the Knicks were in the playoffs and when, you know, 23rd. Exactly. You won 17 games this past season. Oh, getting the first pick was a lock. Yeah, and Zion's not coming to the Knicks. Okay, you don't need to come on here and hurt my feelings. I'm okay? sorry, but, you know, Knicks fans are, you know, saying how Kyrie and KD was a lock three months ago to the to go to the Knicks. Uh, where, what are you talking about now? And obviously I'm Hope saying that. Be, obviously I'm saying that because, you know, I want, I'm a Nets fan, and I want the Nets to be much more successful than the Knicks are, and I don't want to see Kyrie and KD with the Knicks. I don't really want to see KD with the Knicks either because – Everyone's always going to – I've already – one Knicks fan texted uh, from school and said, oh, Kyrie's going to go waste his, uh, waste the rest of his career away in Brooklyn. I don't agree with that. I do not agree with that. No, not at all. No. The, the Nets are a much more well-run franchise than the Knicks have ever been. And they have better – Right now. They have better players. Yeah. Think look at all it. Look at all the young talent. Yeah. Rodion Skrux was a 40 – was in the 40s overall in the second round. Mm-hmm. He was on this uh, – he was right around all-rookie. And he was fantastic. He w- he just missed out on second team all rookie in yeah. the NBA, but he very much deserved it. Let me make this point real quick. The Knicks fans, media, they're talking about trading for AD. Who are you gonna give the who are you gonna give the Pelicans? Alonzo Trier? 
Like who are you yeah, going to give to? Who are you going to give to them? The third, the third overall pick, Kevin Knox, who didn't have a great season, and uh, Mitchell Robinson. What you want to throw in every other young talent that you have? So you want to start from square one again? Yeah, that seems like a really good idea. Like I said, this franchise gives me headaches. Ajuda, they kill me. I hate this franchise. I hate them. I do. I knew they were. I told you they weren't getting the first pick. You're really gonna start me now. <laughs> I told you they weren't getting the first pick. It only seems like the Warriors may lose this finals. KD's coming back if they lose. I'm telling you right now. You heard it here first. He's coming back to Golden State if they lose. You know, I want to talk about Golden State for a second. You're an underrated player of Clay Thompson. Looks like a pretty good uh, decision by you yeah. when we did most underrated players because considering they sucked Tell the other night. It. Tell me about it. I know what I'm talking about. Joe. Um, but He's also the same guy that thought that the Packers were going to pick Drew Locke. <laughs> but it was my stretch pick. Um... Um, we're but, stretching to Green Bay for that pick, but I don't know. Drew Locke, you gotta be kidding me. The sorry, back to the Nets trade, and then we'll move on to the NBA Finals. Sean Marks would not have done this trade if he was not. Uh, if he didn't have kind of a if clue, he was then. not confident in his abilities to recruit the top talent to right. Brooklyn right. because you don't. Obviously, they would have had to give up a first round pick this year to dump the contract. But you do agree <laughs> that if they get Kyrie, they need somebody else too. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm kind of concerned about a Kyrie and D'Lo partnership, even though, you know, D'Lo is like the Nets guy. Like, he was struggling in L.A. They lost faith in him. They traded him. So now he is like, I don't know, a lot of Nets fans are like, yeah, like if we get Kyrie and KD, like I'll be ecstatic, but I'm not looking forward to like seeing D'Lo in a, like a different uniform. Right. Right. And I'm sure whatever you want to say about that, oh, Kyrie's 10 times better than D'Lo or whatever that is. But, you know, there, there's like that homegrown attachment to even though the Nets didn't draft D'Lo, like he's still our guy. Mm-hmm. They they developed him. They brought him pretty much from like, almost I, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say rock bottom in his career, but yeah. like he, he was close to being a bust. Yeah. Before we talk about and he turned into an all star. Yeah. Before we talk about the NBA finals. I want you both to look at the notes real quick. I put that the Knicks actually have a... They think they actually have a shot at having an interview with Kawhi Leonard. I mean, an interview, I... (laughs) No. Why would... If KD barely wants to even come here, which I think is, you know, that's just what's going to happen. Why would Kawhi want to come here? I don't think Kawhi's that type of guy that, you know, he's all up for the glitz and glam of New York and... I think if he's going to go somewhere that's not to Toronto, he's going to go to LA. Franchise. Why? He, I think he's going to go to the Clippers if he leaves Toronto. I think it's kind of a lock that he's going to the Clippers. I don't think it's a lock he returns to Toronto. I don't think anything in this free agency is a lock. Yeah, I know. Things are changing by the day. I know. It's crazy. Like, one, one minute, oh, Katie's going to re-sign in Golden State. The next minute, oh, he's going to sign with the Knicks. Next, he's going to, oh, the Clippers are emerging as a favorite. Like, this is going to be one of the craziest summers for NBA free agency in a very long still, time. Start, and the Knicks starts next month, correct? July well, 1st. Yeah. And the Knicks will get nobody. Uh, they'll get someone, I think. Listen. But I told you this is what's going to happen. I told I told you exactly this is what's going to happen. Knicks will not win the lottery. They'll get a decent player. KD's not going to come here. Kyrie's not going to come here. They're not going to get anybody. And they're going to have the same stupid team. Yeah, they, they could get Kemba Walker. Overpay for him. 
Awesome. <laughs> Kemba Walker. That's you it. You get Tobias Harris. Kemba and Tobias. Wow. I th- you know, okay. Not You're not giving Tobias not Harris a enough. team, though. Yeah. T- Tobias Harris is much better than what people give him. They're not a playoff team, though. They're still yeah, not a playoff team. You become competitive. I, yeah. th- I oh, think so that's a playoff team. They go from 17 team. games to winning, uh, I don't know, 40 something games. Like, I mean, that still gets you in the playoffs in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, I guess. And that's 142 and yeah. made the playoffs. All right, but I, but they're a first round exit guaranteed. Come on. Come on. I, don't know. I, I th- you make the playoffs. I think it's a Tobias Harris and Kemba Walker I don't partnership. I want to make the playoffs. I want to win a freaking championship for yeah, once in my life. That's not going to happen after one season of signing KD. Want to bet? It's I not mean, it's you got a better chance than you got signing Kemba Walker and Tobias Harris. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. No, I don't know. I don't think after one season, just getting KD is going to change. No, I I completely, I completely agree with that. I I think one superstar in the NBA doesn't win you anything. Yeah, even 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 if KD is you know the best player in the league right now, he's I don't think he can carry like LeBron can. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. But I'm saying two people can. Yeah. Oh yeah. Just oh yeah. KD. If you had KD and one more superstar, KD and one more person. Okay, we're in. Let's go. You're you're on the level with Milwaukee and Toronto. If right. tor- if uh, Toronto resigns Kawhi, but they're not. It's not going to happen. And Sorry. the Celtics. I mean, you don't know what the Celtics are going to look like if Kyrie leaves. Yeah. Um, I don't know, but I don't know. I still think you need depth to win. See, uh, any type of see, I game. think that not too. But then you look, look at, at the Warriors these, look and at all these benches that are in the NBA playoffs. They're not any good. Well, the, no, the Raptors bench the Raptors is very bench good. Is good. Besides that, the Warriors, yeah, the Warriors bench is not great. Besides Iggy, Kevin Looney, when he's healthy, he's not healthy anymore. Uh, he is actually right playing tonight. Oh, he is, yeah. Oh. Somehow, his collarbone is hanging on by a thread. Bogut, woohoo! Andrew Bogut, Sean go. Livingston, yeah. Like the benches are not deep in the NBA. The you Raptors is very good. Yes, of course, but. Let's. I guess it's a good segue to talk about the NBA Finals. Glad we got fired up a little bit. A little bit. That's okay. We need that sometimes. We're watching Game Four. Yeah, four. So we'll talk about Game Three a little bit. Raptors won one twenty three one oh nine in Golden State. Huge, huge, huge win for Toronto because Golden State got them in Game Two in Toronto, and you know if they wanted to hang in this series, they had to win. They had to win Game Three or. Maybe one game four. Who knows? But let's just read some of the stats real quick. Kawhi had 30.7 rebounds, six assists, two blocks, two steals. Overall, awesome game from him. Pascal Siakam had 18 points, nine rebounds, six assists. Gasol, 17 points. Danny Green had 18. Kyle Lowry had 23. As a team, they shot 52.4 from the field, 44.7 from three, 10 blocks and 14 turnovers. Um, You want to read the Warriors? Sure. Um... So the Warriors dealing with a lot of injuries. No KD, no Clay, no Kevin Looney. Steph Curry played hero ball. Uh, 47 points, 8 rebounds, 7 assists. Draymond added 17 points. Iggy, 11 points. DeMarcus Cousins, very quiet game for him compared to game two when he came back. Only 4 points, 3 rebounds, 2 assists. Uh, the Warriors shot just under 40% from the field, 33% from 3, and uh, 14 turnovers. Uh, what do we make of... This Warriors investor shoving Kyle Lowry. It's bullshit. Why was she sorry? Cursed again. <laughs> it's fine. Um, there is no. There is no room for that no, in the NBA. There's not. I'm very glad that an investor, one, not even a full-on owner, an investor of the team, yeah. puts a hand, puts his hands on a player. 
how could you like when you buy those seats, whether you're an investor or not, you have to expect something like that. Yeah, but at the same time, you shouldn't you're have so to. Close. You're so close. But no, you I'm saying shove up. No, that's what, that's what I'm saying. Is it's like buying. You should know right, that right. It's like buying a house on a golf course. You assume all the uh, all the risks of you know what you're getting yourself into. Don't put me on that golf course. I'll break <laughs> every window out there. But it's unacceptable. That cannot be. That is not acceptable. I think he's actually um, suspended for a year. Yeah. So, so the Warriors took action first. Good. And they they had to realize they would have been low. They would have looked bad. And then the NBA suspended him, and actually they would use the word banned. They banned him for one year and fined him five hundred grand. Right. So. There's no room for that in any yeah. sort of game three. Huge win for the Raptors. Um, they needed to win that game to take to actually make it a series because we thought, you know, the Warriors won game two. Okay, here they go again. But the Raptors win game three, and they're had they are keeping it close here in game four as we watch right now, thirty seven thirty three in favor of the Warriors. So let's talk a little bit of the storylines of this game of this series because it's kind of hard not to. Um, we know about the investor. No KD for game four. This game we're watching right now. Clay is in the lineup. He is playing. I don't know how much of an impact he has at the moment, but um, I thought about this this afternoon. If the Raptors win this series, they win the finals. Can you really say that the that the Raptors beat the best, like the best team won? Absolutely. You can. The yeah, Warriors won. KD. The Warriors Absolutely. won before without KD. They okay. can definitely do it without. But they've him. obviously shown that they struggle a hell of a lot more when KD's on the floor and Clay. Yeah, but like I said, they've won one without him before. Right. They beat LeBron before uh, they got KD. So you can definitely say that the best team won because you know the Warriors pulled away without Clay in that fourth quarter in Game Two. Right. I don't know. And, and a lot of people have been saying that without KD on the floor, yeah, it, you're they're a little faster. Yeah, so everyone wants to say, oh, the Warriors are better without KD, but now that they're starting to lose in the finals, oh, the, the best team isn't winning this series. I think that's kind of BS. Okay. Just a fair question. Oh, yeah. It's a good question, but I think if anyone believes that, think, then they're just I trying. Think, yeah, I think, they're, the Warrior, I think if the Raptors win this series, People will say, oh, put an asterisk next to it because Katie didn't play, Clay didn't play game three. You know, people are going to say that. That's just what it is. I, I don't want that to happen. I want the Raptors to win it fair and square. But no matter team, no matter who wins it, is going to win it fair and square. Yeah. You know? If if my team wins a championship and the other team is injured, I don't give who a cares? crap. Who cares? And exactly. the Warriors, it's different because it's them. It's different because the, the Warriors, Warriors have gotten their their – um, fair share of luck with injuries against other teams right. as well in the past. Right. So. You know, and it's not like the Warriors have struggled in the playoffs so far. Mm-hmm. They no. just... It's just harder to they win beat without the Trailblazers KD. very yeah. easily. Oh, yeah. uh, they're obviously the best team in the West. Yeah. So... It's just harder to... They've figured it out that it's harder to win without KD and Clay, which is what we kind of expected. And if any Warriors fan wants to make that... Uh, um, So-called Make Warriors that fan. argument... Um, what do you call the past three teams that you've beaten in the finals, or the past two teams that you've beaten in the finals? It's, all the same, which it's LeBron the same and Jr. Smith. Yeah. <laughs> so, do you want to say, "Oh, you beat the best team there"? Because the best team was obviously the Rockets, right. who they beat in the Western Conference Finals. Right. So, 
All right, Joe. I'll there, give you your time now. There's going to be ever, never ending arguments no, about that. If you want a championship, you won the championship, right. and that's that. Absolutely. Joe, Stanley Cup. Hockey Let's time. Go. I need my partner in crime for this one. <laughs> um, okay. The big, the big asterisk in this playoffs, just not the Stanley Cup, the entire playoffs, is the refereeing. Um, yeah, that's um, the big the big call was uh, in game. What was that game? Four, five, five or game five um, with the sleuth foot to who I, I don't know the name you were saying. Uh, Achari was the one who got slew footed and he got taken out of the game because of a possible concussion. Yeah. So it's it's always a shame to see when uh, when somebody goes down with an injury whether it's in playoffs or regular season. Mm-hmm. But um, I think it's just the name of the game. Everybody's a little more physical in the playoffs in NHL, obviously. Um, they're playing for the bigger reward. And the refs, they let it go a little more in, in the NHL playoffs than they do anywhere else. But I think that was a little excessive. I think that it should have been watched a little more. Um but I'm I'm not downgrade. I'm not saying that they don't deserve to win the, uh, the that game or the series because I think St. Louis has been very competitive in the past few I years. I think they've surprised the Bruins. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. This is this will be their first Stanley Cup win if they do win in their 53 years in franchise of fr- of the franchise. Um, I think. So far, who do you guys think would be the MVP? Because I have my surefire who do you think MVP, is? Ryan O'Reilly. That's why I knew you were going to say that. Ryan O'Reilly has been playing out of his mind, not only this series, all through the playoffs. He's been just been playing ridiculous. And I think a close runner-up is Bingington. Yeah, that's who I was going to say. I He deserves something. He's a rookie, rookie goal. Player. Obviously, he probably won't get it because he had the one really bad game. Yeah, but I mean everybody does, and the way he bounced back though, he mm-hmm. bounces he bounced back like a veteran goaltender. You can't take anything away from him. Yeah, and if the Bruins win the series, I think you'd have to give it to Tuka Rask. Yeah, he's yeah. the he's the, the big reason. Yeah, he's the big reason why the yeah. Bruins are where they are. Um, I'm, and obviously the Bruins, Zerdano Chara is playing through a. Broken jaw or something. He had the, the mask on. Yeah, apparently, he can't night. even open his mouth yeah. when he was doing. Hey, he was being a little crabby. He yeah. was <laughs> he was a, uh, answering questions by writing them down, writing down his answers because really? he can't open his mouth. Oh, stop um, it! Maybe it's good for him. He's he's a warrior when it comes to playoffs. I think you know who needs that. Hundred. He's had a hundred plus playoff appearances, like games, and he's only missed eight games in the playoffs. You know who needs that, Marshawn. Marshawn. He his mouth shut. Oh, I was like, I can't get no, that tongue that, out to lick people. No, that's the. <laughs> he hasn't yes. done that yet this playoffs, right? Yet. Yeah. There's still plenty of time. Uh, dwindling. But I think um, we all hope that we uh, we get a game seven in this series. That would be. No, but, I want St. Awesome. Louis to win it now. Well, I obviously want St. Louis to win, but you win know, in St. Louis, do not let it go back to Boston. Do not. Do not. Don't be a fuck, just do not, just do it. <laughs> if they win that in St. Louis, it's going to be absolute bedlam yeah. there. Uh, I would like to see them win their first one at home. 
Um, but it would be really cool to see him win it in Boston because you know Boston's not good with losing in the finals. Well, Boston can shove it where the sun don't shine. Okay, let's uh, let's break. We'll talk about other miscellaneous things we got going on. Scott brought up the awesome idea of talking about our favorite sporting events, so we'll do that too. And we'll finish out like we always do. You're listening to Tri-State Sports Band Anchor FM. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody. Tri-State Sports Beat here on a lovely night. Okay. Okay. 11-11. Oh, so, Scott Scott had an awesome idea mm-hmm. to For once share. For <laughs> To <say> share. <laughs> the only mistake you've ever made is being a Jets fan. And I've made the same mistake. We yeah, all we all have. Mistake. It's fine. Um, to share our... Most Bro. memorable was it? Most mem- most memorable? Yeah, whatever you want to, whatever you want to category we've been to. The the best one, the most memorable. The I guess those kind of go hand in hand. But this is tough. Wh- whichever one or couple, you know, hmm. whatever you want, or like the mo- the biggest teams you've attended. Okay, like... well let's start off with Nick because. Oh no no no! I want to go last because I need to get something. Yeah, you go first, get... Jeff. Uh, me, I don't know mine yet. Just... So Scott, since uh... it was your idea. See, I have been thinking about this since this is my idea. <laughs> yeah. um, let's see. I've attended some good games in my lifetime. Uh, I've been to a Frozen Four. Uh, I saw a Hockey National Championship. Unfortunately, Quinnipiac lost. Um, so that, that would have to be one of them. Are we doing honorable mentions, too? Sure. Yeah, we'll mention a couple. If you, if you do honorable mentions, then you have to pick one event or sporting event. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. So... Um, that would have to be, those two games would have to be an honorable mention. Um, let's see, Devil's Lightning, um, playoff game would have to be up there. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else I've attended in my lifetime. Um, and then I think the biggest, the best one that I've been to has to be, sorry, step on your toe, uh, Army-Navy this past year. Oh, yes. Uh, I mean, you just can't go wrong with an Army Navy game. Obviously, I probably have some bias in that, but because you're with moi, um, that definitely has to be the most memorable sporting event. Or mm-hmm. I would have to say the first one I went to, just because that was the first one I've you're been to. And friend listens. No, I'm not just oh, saying that. <laughs> it was in the snow. You'll never forget that. I know. It was the first time uh, Army won the Commander in Chief since since 1997. Um, so yeah, that's my most memorable sporting event I've been to. The 2017 Army Navy game. 2018 is just behind. But there you go. That's my answer. Here you go, Joe. Okay. You had an honor. Did you have honorable mentions? Yeah, I said the Frozen Four that I was at, and then um, the Devils playoff game. Okay. Joe, go ahead. All right. Mine is actually going to be a little weird because it's not technically. uh, It is professional, I guess. When you have to like explain it, that no, because it's... it's different. No, it's different. It's different. Joe, don't you want to play Sussex... the game? Play the game right. It was the Sussex County Miners game that we went to. The I think <laughs> it was, was actually my, my second game. That was fun with Nick and my girlfriend Morgan, who is sitting right here. Say hi, Morgan. Hello. She uh, she sang a great rendition of uh, "Take Me Out to the Ball." She game. did. <laughs> it was amazing. We should play that right now. <laughs> While 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 I'm explaining why, um, but the biggest the biggest reason why I it was so memorable is because, um, the three of us went out. It was the first time that we can all go and legally have adult beverages together. 
So the only reason it was, why it was a good fun. game is because you could drink alcohol. No, and because because <laughs> no because Straight the up, seats the seats we got were lawn seats technically, oh, yeah. <laughs> and when we went to when we went to go get food, Nick had the great idea to just take the seats right behind home plate. Take the seats right behind home plate. Where? And. And and my girlfriend was very anxious and nervous that we were going to get kicked out of the ballpark. <laughs> it was, so we were not sitting in the right seats. <laughs> she was having an anxiety attack in the seats, but it was it was okay. She was fun. fine, but it was hilarious. Everything's fine. <laughs> it was fine. Everything's fine. I have to take it from there. <laughs> nice. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So uh, is that yours? That's your favorite one. I think so. Oh wow! Okay. Honorable mention. Okay. Honorable mention was probably my first Jets Patriots game. Right. Good that choice. Was good. good choice. It must have been one hell of a minor league baseball game if you picked that over a. Uh, it was Jets Pats. It, it really it was. I had a lot of fun. <laughs> well, the Jets Patriots game that I went to, it was freezing, and I think we left early because mm. it started snowing. So oh, come on, gotta stick through. It was, well, I was yeah, I was with my parents, <laughs> and my mom wasn't having it. <laughs> All right, is it my turn now? I think so. I have quite a couple. I've been to a lot of sporting events. Um, Weird flex, but okay. <laughs> Just saying. Um, honorable mention. This one's weird because the Jets got absolutely obliterated, but it's technically my first Jets away game. Jets Pats last year, and they lost like 43-3. to But it was memorable just because of the atmosphere. It was cool to be in Foxborough at a away game, even though the Jets got hammered. Um, that's an honorable mention, I guess. I didn't, actually, because <laughs> I was too busy screaming and yelling that my team is terrible. And it was funny because all the Patriot fans around me were like, they weren't too bad, actually. They were like, oh, we it's okay. It's we okay. know you we'll suck. It's in. fine. You know, good luck to you. I'm like, oh, you're so freaking nice. I wonder why, because you only won six Super Bowls in the past 18 years. But, hey, what are you going to do? Um... I'm going to have two. I'll go with two. One of them was actually another Jet Patriot game in 2013. Were you at the one where they won in overtime? Yes. Oh, I wish. I wish I was there. Jets won in overtime. It was, I think it was 2013. It's magic to Eric Decker. No, not that one. Uh, 2013. 2013. So this wasn't the Good one old... when Belichick gave the Jets no, the no, ball no, no, first. No. Good old Geno Smith <laughs> and the Jets. Beat the Patriots in overtime after a controversial call that the Jets were going for the game-winning field goal, and Nick Folk missed it. Oh, I do remember this. But it was the rule. It was some kind of unwritten. I don't know if you call it unwritten rule, but they they, like they, jump they, over the they threw the flag. You can't jump over the center. You cannot come in contact with them. So the Patriots did that. Jets threw the flag. The Patriots were like, "What the hell? We've never heard of this rule before. It's never been called before." So. Jets got like a five yard penalty, five good yards Rex. to them. Yeah, good Rex is right. Um, and Nick Folk made it his second chance, and Jets won in overtime. It was even better because my aunt, my cousin, Patriots mm-hmm. fans, who I went with the game in Foxborough, they mm-hmm. were there. So it's kind of cool to rub it in their face. But at the same time, a girl got punched in the face at that game, and it was oh. on News 12. So, you know, he never liked to hear that. Um, my other one is absolutely, without a doubt, game five. 2012 Stanley Cup final. Yeah, that's a good one. Devils Kings, the only game the Devils would win because they got obliterated. By yes, the they Kings. did. At least they got Shut there. your mouth, Joe. Yes, they did. Alec Martinez. That's all I have to say to you. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. 
I don't even know who that is. <laughs> I do. Really? I'm just kidding. But really, you want to play the video? No, no, <laughs> you, no. You, you we could. See what we could. I think scored. I've seen that way too many times. Um, that was actually a goal, though. That, so, yeah. 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 Okay. Whatever. That was without a doubt. I think that was like my first playoff game of any major sport. So how could you ever forget that? Especially it being a final. It was so weird. I had no idea what we we're doing. My dad was like, bring your devil's jersey. I'm like, okay, like nothing. And we got in the car and he's like, we're going to the game. I'm like, I'm like, what? Excuse me? Like, where am I right now? Unfortunately, I still have not made it to a playoff game. Hmm. Of any, You sport. didn't make it to a Ranger game yet this year, did you? This year you did not. Well, season's over. Yeah, I was going to say, you can't really say yet because they're. Yeah, no, I didn't go this year. First year in a while that I haven't gone, actually, which is weird. Yeah, that's mine. I have a. Uh, I'm anticipated that there will be more memorable ones this year. Cause oh yeah. See tickets? Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> that's right. But um, we get first dibs on a uh, Super Bowl tickets too, right? Woof! Yeah, we're gonna be sick. <laughs> Please don't say that, Joe Douglas. How we doing? Uh. And how we doing? Draft me a good. Oh, you know what? I did. I need another honorable mention. Okay, go ahead. I guess. And I'm going to correct myself from before. That game was not a Sussex County Miners game. It was was a Rail Riders Riders. game. Okay, that makes it better. I was thinking Sussex County Miners though, because I my first Sussex County Miners game that I went to with Morgan, my girlfriend. um, Right. We Kinda sat back. We yeah, sat. That's just sat, figure yeah. that out. <laughs> By the way, her name is Morgan. Okay. Um, figure that out. Thank you. <laughs> um, we sat behind home so plate. Cringy. We sat behind home plate, and towards the end of the game, there was actually a brawl. They they the benches cleared and they charged the mound. And Wayne Gretzky's son was on the. Oh, I remember team. you telling me this. So that was cool. Hmm. That's fun. That was a lot of fun. Well, all right. So that was your, that was my first right. ever baseball game I've been to. So, then what's your favorite pro game you've been to? The Jets Patriots game. Jets Patriots would be right. my favorite pro. Football is, it, is just a completely di- different atmosphere. I love going to Madison Square Garden for um, the Rangers playing whoever. Mm. Uh, going to the Prudential Center, I just like going and seeing hockey in general. Um, but the basketball game, the Big East. Championship game yeah, that was, yeah, was a lot of fun too. I did think about that it. was fun, but I wasn't emotionally invested. Yeah. yeah, I could see that. Like St. John's Seton Hall, that's kind of a different story, but like that was a good game. Both all the games. That yeah, St. John's Seton Hall so was far. good too. I gotta get you to yeah St. John's game. They're actually a lot of fun. I actually did see a St. John. I went to a St. John Seton Hall game a couple years ago when they uh, played at the Prudential Center. Mm. Yeah, so that's our fondest. I actually have another one. It was actually this year. Austin Romine's uh, walk-off single against the... Who did they play? They played on Easter. Who the heck did they play? Not. Uh, I'm going to look it up. I don't remember. Tough. Um, what month is Easter in? <laughs> X kills me? Um... Uh, 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 I think they played Kansas City. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Austin Romy, my homie, hit a uh, walk-off single in the 11th. To give him the W, so that was pretty cool to see a walk-off win. All right. Hey. What? Come on. Why? We're doing your part. Oh. All right, so 
we have another special guest today reading on this day in sports history. First was our f- good friend, Matt Bush. And just in case you didn't know, Joe's girlfriend, Morgan, is here. Her name's Morgan, <laughs> and she's my girlfriend. So she's going to uh, finish it out today with on this day in sports history. Go. On this day in sports history, in 1966, the battle between the AFL and NFL came to an end with the announcement of the merger of the leagues. While the first Super Bowl would take place at the end of the season, it would not be until 1970 that the two leagues would become one. Yay. Fantastic. (laughs) Wonderful. Fantastic. Now we have the Jets. Now we have the Jets. Thank you, Morgan. Much appreciated. Welcome. All right, guys. That wraps up yet another episode of the Tri-State Sports Beat. Do you have anything else? No. Follow us on social media. Tri-State underscore B on Twitter and our new Instagram. Yeah, we're going to have some good summer stuff coming up with training camp upcoming. Uh, We will be there hopefully as much as possible. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, And then these two guys will be at every single Jets home game. Hopefully I can join them for a couple. Yes, you will. We can uh, have some fun. Hopefully there's some Yankee games in our future and some other games. I was really hoping to get to the Subway Series this year, but I don't know if that's going to happen. No, we have to try to do is get to a uh, pro basketball game. Yeah, let's go uh, to the Barclays Center. We'll we'll see a championship team. Yeah, if the Knicks don't get anybody, that's probably better. But if they get, like, KD, if they get KD, if. The ticket's gonna be hot and like. Yeah, unfortunately, I'm on vacation for this the uh, Subway Series at City Field, so our only option is Monday and Tuesday, which I uh, don't think eh, is possible. So okay. uh, we'll have to wait another year. Yeah, they do play every year, so it's fine. Yeah. No big deal. All right, Joe, do your thing. Sorry, Scott. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for listening to the Tri-State Sports Beat on Anchor FM. Um, make sure you guys get in some voice messages. Uh, Message us Use, on everything. Tell us your best sporting event you've ever been yes. to. Yes. Yeah, there you go. That's your first voice message. Wonderful. <laughs> Great. <laughs> try to <laughs> try to use <laughs> try to use the infatuation for all your if you delicious big, needs. If you live in a big city, I guess. For all of your uh, and, great uh, app though. I use them all the time. Great app. Wonderful. And it doesn't cost you $7.99. $8.99. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks for listening. I hope you all enjoyed our great episode today. Um, thank you, Morgan, my girlfriend, for coming on and saying our honest day in sports history. Cue the aww music. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that does it for us here. On the Tri-State Sports Beat, and uh, yeah, after the world's longest outro, goodbye! If you want to interact with us, follow us on Twitter at Tri-State underscore Beat. Also, if you want to make an appearance on the show, send us a message on the Anchor app. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Start spreading the news I'm leaving today I want to be a part of it, New York, New York, start spreading the news.